Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest this week is Courtney Teagarden. Courtney, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. You just started a new job not too long ago. I did. I started at um, the Hagerman Group in October. And I am the uh, first to hold a full-time marketing position for them in their Fort Wayne office. Okay, so what's it like in a new position that didn't exist before? What's great about that and what is challenging about that? Um, What's great about it is I'm the first to do it, so there's no precedent set, right? Yeah. So I suppose there's room for me to kind of uh, learn as I go. Sure. Um, What's been challenging is um, it's a 114-year-old company. Yeah. So the people who have been marketing have been doing it for a while and Uh um, have a lot of ideas that uh, may or may not align with mine. So from a creative standpoint, that's been a bit of a challenge. Sure. But I think now we're in a good groove. Yeah. But it it was a bit of a challenge at first. I was a little more intimidated than I expected I would be arriving yeah. in a new position yeah. with a lot of people who had been there for years. Sure. Well, you don't want to break anything after it's been around for yeah. 114 years, yeah. but you also want to bring, they hired you for a fresh perspective. Sure. You want to use that. So wasn't, didn't Hagerman used to have like a long time ago, a longer name that was very German? Am I am I correct on this? Uh, I don't know when it went away, but I know that in the early 1900s, uh, it was Bushing Hagerman okay. and Company. All right. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure when they just became the Hagerman Group. Okay. Well, it is much better to market just Hagerman sure. than <laughs> a long German name that no one can pronounce. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about how you got to where you are today, career path-wise. Did you grow up in Northeast Indiana or did you grow up somewhere else? I grew up here. Yep. And I grew up in Fort Wayne. Went to IU? I went to IU in Bloomington. Okay. So what were you thinking— career-wise, when you were headed to college, where were you, where did you think you were going, and did you stay on that path, or did you divert from that path? Okay, so uh, in high school, I worked on both the newspaper and the yearbook and fell in love with journalism. Mm-hmm. I was always, um, you know, a nerd for writing and yep. grammar and editing, so I knew I wanted to do something with that, and a lot of people were like, ah, oh, don't major in English, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. Well, so I majored in journalism. Yeah. Well, print journalism is kind of dying. Yeah. yeah. So maybe didn't pick a, a great time well, I picked to, English, to go so, for that. So well, they, you were one step so ahead of me. you're in good company. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, in, in college, they pushed us very much on, like, reporting. And I really wasn't into that. Um, I had some... I don't, I don't know if ethical is the right word, but I had some ethical uh, discrepancies with reporting. I remember taking one class, and they used the example, um, if you were sent to write a story on a house, a house fire, mm-hmm. and the mother is outside, and her children have died inside, do you approach her and interview her? And I said, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. She's grieving. That's that's gross. Why yeah. would you do that? And the teacher firmly said, yeah, you do. You go get that raw story. And a lot of the kids in the class agreed. And I was like, reporting is not for me. Yeah. This is not right. Yeah. yeah. And so knew that wasn't for me, mm-hmm. but still loved all the editing and writing. So yeah. in my head, I was like, okay, I'm going to work for a magazine. I'm going to edit stories. Mm-hmm. And also in my head, that meant big city, Probably big, big salary. Oh, yeah. All false. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> big salary, wrong. Yeah. So um, I did just blindly apply to some jobs like that my yeah. senior year. Yeah. With 
like no experience. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what I was thinking. I don't feel like they prepare you properly in college for expectations of what's next. Yeah. But um, none, yeah, of, that, I, I none finished, of those things happened. Yeah, I finished college and I <laughs> moved to Indiana and I was like, Northeast Indiana, don't you desperately need English majors with no work experience? Exactly. The answer was no. So yeah, I, I feel you there. Yeah. I, I definitely think, and, and maybe it's different now, I graduated in um, 2005, but I don't think college guidance counselors set you up for the proper expectations. Mm-hmm. You're told, well, at least we were told our whole life, and now I think some of that's changing, Um, but you're told your whole life, you know, you got to go to college to get a good job, Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of students, at least like I said when I was there, there's this expectation like employers are going to be knocking down the door to find you, Mm -hmm. and that's just not true. Yeah. So, um, graduated college with my journalism degree and got a job at Starbucks Mm -hmm. for five years. Yeah, yeah. Of course, that's not what I thought was going to happen. Sure. I thought sure. temporary. I'll yeah. be here very temporarily. I was off my parents' insurance, but I was living at home, and I needed health insurance, which yeah. is why I went there. Yeah. Um, but then ended up staying there for five years and learned a ton um, mm-hmm. as far as obviously not brewing coffee, but they have a a huge um, – they, they have a very black and white rule book and um, training on – just being a good manager, being a good leader, being a good team member. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the values I learned from that job I've taken with me everywhere. Oh, wow. Okay. So even though very unexpected, did not think I'd be there for five yeah. years, I think it has benefited me in many ways. Yeah. Um, And then from there, got into nonprofit grant writing, which then translated to helping to write proposals for um, architects which now translated to writing proposals for construction. Okay, so— So that's the the very long beginning yeah. to jump where we are now. So how do you get the first opportunity to do the nonprofit grant writing? Because somebody had to give you a shot, sure. right? And Absolutely. how did that how that happen? And so um, a friend of mine, Katie Silliman, yeah. um, she took a chance on me, essentially. Mm-hmm. She knew I could write. Yeah. She knew I was, um, you know, had a degree, yep. but was working these retail jobs. Yeah. And she said, do you want to come write grants? Mm-hmm. Um, was for the regional partnership. Yep. So this was, that was, this was 2014. Yeah. So there's a gap from Starbucks to, yeah, to sure, then that sure. I worked at a prosthetics office yeah. <laughs> in the office. Sure. Um, sure. But that didn't, you know, none of that, none of the skills from there are what I'm doing now. So yeah. I'll just skip all that. Sure, sure. Well, sometimes you have those things that are just a job. <laughs> yeah. I've got a couple of those. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Katie was like, uh, you know, I, I want to offer you this. Is it something you're willing to learn? I know you can be taught. I know, you, mm-hmm. I know you're smart. I know you can, you know, learn this. And I thought I had no knowledge of fundraising. Mm-hmm. I had no knowledge of grant writing. Yeah. But of course, I knew how to write. I knew how to follow directions. I know how to get things done by a deadline. Yeah. So, um, all skills that you learned, honestly, in journalism school. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So she taught me the basics and, um, I rolled with it. I was there for two years. Um, I loved it. I loved the team there. I loved the projects I worked on. Um, and then from there, then I went into, I worked for scan, uh, for just a year. Mm -hmm. Um, that just wasn't the right fit for me, but Mm -hmm. I, I did, um, grants and communication for them. Yep. And then uh, went to Design Collaborative to work for um, architects. And so, you were there for a couple of years, Design Collaborative? I was there for almost three years. Yes. Okay. All right. My son is there right now as an intern. I saw that. Yeah. So um, 
So where do you go from Design Collaborative and why do you make that switch at that point? Where did, after I left Design Collaborative? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, in 2019, um, they had not gotten a lot of projects that they'd expected ah, to get. Got it, yeah. So they experienced layoffs. So yeah. they let seven of us go that okay. summer. Okay, okay. Um, I think they're in good shape now. I see that they're hiring. Um, but at that time, yeah, seven of us were let go. So I had a two-month gap where I wasn't working and was trying yeah. to figure out what was next. Sure. And actually someone from D.C. is who uh-huh. called me and said, hey, I think— Rothberg is looking for someone. Okay. So Rothberg, a law firm. Uh Uh-huh. All right. And you're there doing marketing stuff? Yes. So I was hired to do business development and marketing for them. Yep. Um, So went there in October of 2019. And their biggest project that was on the agenda for hiring me was a rebrand. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second because branding law firms is Mm -hmm. really difficult. Um, I don't know if you heard of this person when you were in the law firm world, but his name is Ross Fishman. Mm -hmm. He's like the guy for marketing law firms. And he has – I don't know if it still exists, but he used to have a website that you could build your law firm's website. And it was a joke, but it was like – Put the columns here. Put the handshake here. Put the wingtips here. Talk about how you're old. Talk about how you're smart. Talk about how you do everything. And it was like, yeah, that looks like a lot of law firms branding. So how did you go about that to make it differentiated? What did you do knowing that there's a lot you can't do in the law firm marketing world? Sure. Um, Well, first of all, I imagine on his uh, Build Your Own website, website that there were columns because I feel like every law firm has yeah. columns somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um uh what Rothberg wanted to do, so a lot of their partners are to the point where they're gonna start retiring. Mm-hmm. And then their newer partners are in their late thirties, early forties to, you know, early fifties. Yep. And they, you know, they'll they'll continue it sure. on. And they said, well who do we want to be? Yeah. We want to be a little more contemporary. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be a stuffy law firm. Yeah. So um, I worked with the COO, and we um, interviewed several marketing agencies yep. and um, went with the one that we felt pitched us as, what can we do for you mm-hmm. versus look at all been. these other things we've done yeah. for everyone else. Yeah. So that was the – that was – for me, with a you know, marketing brain, I was like, yeah, they got it. Mm-hmm. They understand so we went with them and um, went through several versions of kind of a brand refresh at first. And then I kind of, I convinced them, like, you need a full rebrand. Mm-hmm. Like, if you really want to do this right and you yeah. don't want to do this again in five years, we got to just go yeah. all the way in. So um, we did. And in the end, I think the logo they got and the colors and the, you know, just all the branding really sets them up for many years um, and definitely gives them a much different look and feel than what they had before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's nothing. Uh, it's nothing super modern or um, super. You know, like it's not bleeding edge. Yeah. But I feel like it's at least kind of approaching the edge yeah. for law firm branding. Sure. Well, I don't. I don't think there is a bleeding edge in the law firm no. world. No offense to my law firm friends, but it well, is. They a very, want there to be. I'm just not yeah, sure. Yeah. Where that is. Well, and I will tell you that the logo today is recognizable to me. Mm-hmm. The the blue and red with mm-hmm. the accent on the W. I think on the. Mm-hmm. 
there's there's a um, like a line through the R, and yeah, then, yeah the W has yeah, yeah. that same yeah. direction. Yeah, and I can't tell you what the logo used to be. So congratulations. Well, thank uh, you. Focus Group of One says that it's working. Thank so, you. So how long was that process? <laughs> oh, well, so we started in February of 2020. Yeah. So you can uh, guess yeah, how yeah. that went. Yeah, sure. So then the original scope was, okay, we're going to get going in March. Mm-hmm. Once we'd come up with, you know, what we wanted in February, we'll get going in March. We'll do... A workshop with all the partners, and we'll have this wrapped up by June. Mm. And mm-hmm. so that was when it was going to be a brand yeah. refresh. Sure. Then once we got started and we decided, okay, full rebrand, then I think the goal was that fall, but then the pandemic mm-hmm. sent everyone home Yeah. Um, for not just Rothberg, but also yeah. for the marketing agency. So it was just kind of all over sure. the place, us trying to figure out what the timeline was going to be. Um, it ended up launching in February of 21. So start to finish with several interruptions and hiccups because of the pandemic um, was one year. Yeah, that's actually not bad. No. Especially considering the, yeah, the the barriers you're up against. Yeah. So There were a lot of starts and stops and cancellations and sure. rescheduling. Sure. <laughs> so, so you're at Rothberg for how long then total? Just under two years. Okay. And— Tell me a little bit about where you went, and I think I know the answer to that question, but why did you choose to go to the job you're in now? So I chose to go to Hegerman um, because I wanted to be challenged a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with law firm marketing, but you can't be as creative. There yeah. are a lot of... Um, Ethical parameters Heavily around regulated. what you can and can't say. Can't say you're the best. Nope. You can't say you can only say you're the best if you win an award that says you're the best. Yes. yes. You can't say we're the best for real estate law just because you think you are. Yeah. You have to say proven by such and sure. such board for this year. Yeah. So um it I, I'm glad I did it. It was a an industry I never thought I would work in. Um, but I really loved the staff. I loved the people there. And I, I might, I mean, I, I could probably say that that rebrand is maybe the project I'm proudest of mm-hmm. because I was a marketing team of one. Yeah. And a rebrand is not a small task. Yeah. And of course, I worked with, um, you know, a marketing firm. But sure. Doing all the things on Rothberg's end came from me. Yeah. Marketing team yeah. of one. So. Yeah. Um, I'm really proud of it. But yeah. Yeah. It. It was. Um, when I uh, saw the position with Hagerman and I knew it was a new position and I knew they were a very well-established company, um, uh, a previous guest you've had on, Stephanie Veit, had mm-hmm. worked there. So I yep. reached out to her and said, do you think this is a culture I would yep. like? Do you think that um, this is a boss I would like? Because her position when she was at Hagerman was the same boss I have. Mm-hmm. So um, I talked to her and then I decided to apply and um, they called me the same day and interviewed me pretty quickly after that. So um, it was hard to say goodbye to Rothberg, but um, they do have a relationship with Hagerman. Ah, so, okay. um, you know, it was, well, it's everyone for, was happy when I left in the end. Yeah, it's for when everybody knows everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, tell us what Hagerman is to people who might not be familiar with it. I I could get out of my depth pretty quickly myself, but I at least know it's a construction company. So yes. tell us more than that. What does Hagerman do? So they are a commercial construction company. Mm-hmm. Um, they also do a lot of self-perform work. So they do concrete, masonry, and carpentry. You said self-perform work. <laughs> yes. What does that mean? So that means that if you hire a construction company, 
um, you might have to hire three other businesses. Uh huh. So subcontractors. Yes. Yeah. Got it. But we offer those services. They actually as do one. the stuff that they're yes. say they're going to do. Okay. Yes. Great. All right. So it makes it a little easier on the client if sure. they go with us because hey, we can self perform all these other things that are within the scope of your work. Got it. Okay. So some of the um, big projects. Uh, in recent past would be Promenade Park. They did Mm -hmm. all of the um, Riverfront Phase 1 construction. Um, We're currently out at Homestead High School doing doing additions and renovations there. Mm -hmm. That's going to be going on for quite a while. Um, We are building the Fort Financial um, branch at Maple Crest and St. Joe that's just getting started, Mm -hmm. and the Fort Financial headquarters at Wallen and Lima. Okay. Um, Steel's already up there, so that one's... Moving along. So that's what's going on at Maple Crest. Yeah. Okay. So that used to be like Willie's Restaurant. Yep. Okay. Willie's right. is no more. Okay. It's going to be Fort Financial. All right. Okay. There should be a fence wrap on there. There is. Well, oh, well, there it is says, a fence. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. know there's a trailer there that says Hagerman, but it, it should say soon like what the project is. Okay. All right. Well, a friend of mine was lamenting the loss of Willie's. That's the only reason. But didn't they move? They did. Okay. Yeah. So they're still around. They're just not where they were. Yeah. It's 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 a story that will have a happy ending once they find out that they just relocated. Sure. But anyway, we're not <laughs> here to talk about Willie's. So um so tell me how do you market a construction company? It's very different than marketing some of the other things that you have worked on. Who are you targeting? How are you telling the story, mm-hmm. what what tools are you using, all those things. So I would say 75% of my time is spent on writing proposals mm-hmm. for new work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do that in tandem with our president and um, my direct supervisor, who is our um, the vice president of business development. Yep. So um, the first one that I worked on that was a win was for uh, f- for a ten and a half million dollar project. Wow! So that was a that was a good feeling that yeah, I was part of that. For sure. Um, and then there've been you know much smaller ones, a, a handful that are under um, a million. So it just kind of ranges all all over. Yeah. But primarily, what I'm working on are those proposals. Um, I am running our social media accounts, which um, we have Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. And um, prior to this, I have. Literally no experience with ah. Twitter, so that's been that's been something new. Yeah, um, I've had to reach out to another prior guest of yours, um, John Feltz. I yeah. was like, John, how do I how do I tweet? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's my favorite platform. So we had a conversation about that. Yeah, well, good. Um, so yeah, I'm yes. running all this. So if anyone media. has Twitter problems, reach out to John Feltz. Call John. Yes, don't call me <laughs> <laughs> or me for that matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, what else am I doing? I'm doing some internal. Um, you know, graphics and things. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really, I mean, we have some brochures and things, so we keep those updated, but we don't really have a lot of print materials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if we are targeting a new client or working with an existing client, you know, we'll update them on things, but a lot of that is just uh, face-to-face conversation. It's not really tangible materials to walk away with. Yeah. So are most of the projects local to Northeast Indiana? Are they spread out all over the country? Where is the geographic focus? Um, well, so the headquarters is in Fort Wayne, mm-hmm. and then the next office is in Fishers, mm-hmm. and then as of 2018, there was an office in Louisville as ah, well. okay. So kind of all over Indiana. Yeah, okay. Um, from top to bottom. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the main focus. There are some out-of-state projects, mm-hmm. um, but not as often. Yeah. And typically that would only happen if um, we, you know, Hagerman likes to say we have clients for life. Mm-hmm. So if someone 
you know, was the president of a company in Indiana and then moves to Texas yep. and says, hey, I really liked working with you guys. Yeah. Then we we would consider that. Sure. Um, so that's how some of those out-of-state projects happen. Got it. Okay. So how much time are you spending now still learning and how much time are you kind of capitalizing on what, what you've already learned? What's the what's the tension there? Is it like 100% still learning or is it, no, nah, I'm pretty good and I feel like I can make some progress? Um, I would say it's I'm pretty good but can make some progress yeah. because I came in with knowledge of writing proposals mm-hmm. for um, the architecture, engineering, construction industry for yeah. my time at Design Collaborative. So that helped me be able to just kind of dive right in and mm-hmm. get going. But there's definitely things, like I said, coming into an established team yeah. that you have to learn their ways and and um, their processes. And construction proposals are different than design proposals mm-hmm. in some ways. Um, so there's definitely plenty to learn. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, let's um, – Let's transition to the speed round of the show or ask you three questions okay. that are a lot like some of the things we've talked about, but also different if that contradiction makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with career path. So you have been in a variety of industries. You've had some some early challenges, as most of us do, getting started, mm-hmm. but you've overcome that and you're you're doing really well. What have you learned in that? What's your best career advice if maybe someone who – you know, was in the position you were in when you got out of college, was trying to make it work, what would be your advice to that person or anyone else for that matter about making a, m- making a successful career? I think uh, learning to be patient is very important mm-hmm. because you'll get where you're meant to go, but you're not going to get there at 23. Like yeah. some people do, yeah, but not with a liberal arts degree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know, if you have an engineering degree, you'll probably jump right into what sure. you're going to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. But if you are going into a creative industry, um, you're going to be looking at switching jobs a couple times probably and taking the skills that you learn at one and transferring those to another and then probably another. Yeah. Um. So I think it's important to be patient and also to humble yourself and not to go in and think, I know everything because – I came from this other job that taught me everything I need to know mm-hmm. and I have all this experience. Like, you're still – learn from who's around you. Yeah. Like, don't assume you know it all. Yeah. There's always um, so much to learn from anybody that you get to know. Honestly. Well, yeah, and I think in a new job, one of the hardest things to learn is the people, not yeah. even the industry. It's like, who am I going to be working with? Yeah. How do they communicate? What do they want from me? Mm-hmm. And how do I work with them in a way that's going to be effective long-term? Yeah. 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 The processes that I already had somewhere else may not work yeah. at, you know, my For next sure. position. For so. sure. Okay. That's good advice. Be patient. All right. I'm going to throw a random wild card new question at you that okay. isn't part of the speed round of the show, but I forgot to ask it earlier. <laughs> you do a lot of volunteer stuff. I do. Talk a little bit about the volunteer work you do and why you do it. So right now, I am on the board of directors for Cancer Services of Northeast Indiana, um, Community Transportation Network, hmm? and I feel like I'm forgetting something. Middle Waves. I'm not right. a Middle Waves board anymore. Okay, all right. But I'm still involved with them. All right. Um, I'm on the Middle Waves Sponsorship Committee. Um, previously was on the board. Okay. Um, I am uh, on the Amani Family Services mm-hmm. Fund Development Committee. Okay. Um, 
I know I said I was on the board for Cancer Services. I'm also the chair of their Ribbon Walk. Uh-huh. Um, I'm certain I'm forgetting something right well, now. Well, even I'm if the you worst aren't, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Why do, you, why do you do that? It might sound like an obvious question, but everybody's motivated differently to do those things. Um, I know what I'm missing. Make a wish of Northeast Indiana's ah, okay. council. I'm on that. All right. Um, I so you wished that you would remember what it was. Well, and then there it wish. was. Yeah, there it is. Um, I am unmarried and childless, yep. so that contributes to some of it that I I do have the time yep. to give. Um, but I know a lot of people who who do have families that give as often as sure. I do. So I think it's just I I am someone who has always felt that. Um, if you can, you should, if it's helping other mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And um, Hagerman also puts a huge emphasis on all of their employees being involved in the community mm-hmm. and allowing them to do it on company time. Nice. Whether that's you volunteer one day a year yeah. or you're on a yeah. board or a committee. Um, so that that is something that really drew me to them. Oh, yeah. Um, because I told them when I interviewed, like, hey, I, I've already got all these things. And they're like, that's great. We love that. Yeah. So that's that's good because I have gone other places that have been like, eh, you're going to have to figure that out. Yeah. So um, I, I do it because, number one, I like to be busy. Mm-hmm. And number two, like I said, I, I just think it's really important to be able to give back to the things that matter to you. Yeah. And during the pandemic, when kind of everything stopped and suddenly I had this blank calendar, that felt really crazy because yeah. I was used to go all day. Most evenings I had meetings yeah. um, or, you know, volunteer commitments, and then suddenly I had nothing. But then by, I don't know, maybe July of 2020, I kind of really embraced that free time mm-hmm. and learned to be maybe a little more selective with what I chose moving forward. Yep. So um, I I feel like the things that I'm connected to now either have some meaning to me or someone close to me um, or, or there are things that I really think this community – needs like mm-hmm. middle waves is that example mm-hmm. like i think this community needs this cool music mm-hmm. festival because we don't have something that big mm-hmm. so um yeah i don't know i think if you can you should yeah well and and i'm really glad to hear your employer appreciates that because yeah. it's you know a re- it's relationships and mm-hmm. relationships help you get stuff done and yeah. get new work so yeah. absolutely yeah all right so the reason i shoehorned that question in at that particular time is because of the next question I'm going to ask you, which is part of the speed round of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like you to tell me something that you wish people knew about an organization you're involved with. It could be Hagerman. It could be one of the organizations you volunteer for. And that could be, yeah, people know this, but it's underappreciated. I want to amplify it. Or there's a misconception that I want to debunk here on this podcast. What would you say is your answer? And you can pick multiple organizations if you want. Well, I think... Uh, the one that should be highlighted the most and isn't is cancer services. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because they are a local nonprofit that is available as a resource to both um, people experiencing cancer and their caregivers and families. Mm-hmm. So they're not just there to help you with medical knowledge. They're also there to, if you know, if you're sick and your spouse is super stressed from taking care of you, they can go there and do yoga and get a massage mm-hmm. and, like, just talk to somebody. Yeah. And I think that that's really important because we do have um, excellent oncology um, physicians in Fort Wayne. Um, you know, we have a cancer institute here now, mm-hmm. but we don't have 
some of those things uh, that they offer in like a medical office yeah, is sure. what I'm trying to get at. So I think it's really important um, for people to know that they're here. I feel like it's one of those things you don't know about until you're experiencing it. And um, that's that's good. It's good if you find it. But mm-hmm. I think the more people realize that it existed here and that they offer you um, not only, you know, some of those mental health and relaxation things that people need when they're experiencing an illness, but they'll help you get um, a hospital bed in your house. Mm-hmm. If you um, have had chemotherapy and lose your hair, they have a wig shop. Mm-hmm. And they do all those things at little to no cost. Yeah. So um, I, I just think that they are an organization that really should be amplified more, that more people need to know about um, instead of learning about it when you're kind of experiencing one of the worst things you could experience. Yeah. No, that's that's great. So good people of this podcast go learn more about cancer services yeah. and what they do. Okay, last speed round question. What is one tip, trick, tool, hack, whatever you want to call it, that you use in your work, or it could even be beyond your work, that you think people should know about? And it could be something that is analog. It could be something that's digital. It could be a combination of things. The world is your oyster. What say you? So something that I use when I am creating um, a new piece of digital marketing is um, a website called Creative Market. Um, And a friend of mine who is a graphic designer taught me about it. So I figured if she uses it, of course I can. So really what it is is you get on and, and they have templates for anything. You can search discount flyer. You can search um, pamphlet. You can search nonprofit fundraising, um, all, all kinds of things. And then they will show you all the examples that people who contribute their um, – the, I mean, it's kind of like Pinterest in a way, but Is it like Canva better. at all? Is it No, you're not creating on okay. there. Um, you can purchase the templates. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, but I use it as a way to just kind of get inspiration for things that I know – yeah, I, I'm like, you know, okay, I have to create this thing. Where do I start? And so yeah. I'll get on there and just kind of look for things yeah. that I find aesthetically mm-hmm. pleasing and then yeah. do my best to kind of recreate them. And certainly not exactly as they are, but yeah. just kind of, oh, I like that layout. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do that yeah. and then go from there. Well, and I would assume part of that is because you have some de- responsibilities toward graphic design, but mm-hmm. you're not a graphic designer. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, There is no graphic designer. Actually. Yeah. Well, there is an, in Fishers, but yeah. not here. Yeah, I was in that position my first job ever. I went to a, this will date me pretty quickly, a PageMaker 6.5 class. Oh, PageMaker. Yes, and then I was wow. like, I don't know how to do this. I still don't. And drew a lot of inspiration from other sources, so I wish that tool had been around then. I feel like maybe I made the yearbook in high school on PageMaker. Okay. I kind of forgot that existed until you just said it. Well, you just made me feel even older. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, then that makes me old, too, if I used it. Well, just barely. You were in high school. Yeah. <laughs> well, Courtney, thank you so much. This has been fun. It's been great hearing a little bit more about your story and the organizations you're connected to. And thanks to everyone who took the opportunity to listen to this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next week with another great guest, and we hope you'll join us then. 